0: Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, Nathan tells us about Pavelia Island, allegedly the most haunted place on Earth. This tiny island near Venice has a horrific history, and with it come dozens of legends. Next, I will tell you about Bloody Mary. If you grew up in North America, you have likely heard at least one iteration of the story, but it turns out that there's dozens, if not hundreds, that come around from all over the globe. Content warning, expect our usual dose of foul language, but some of the topics we're discussing today are a little darker than others. In Nathan's story, we will be talking about plague victims that were quarantined and left to perish, experiments on patients in a mental health facility, and brief mentions of suicide. In mine, we get into the roots of the Bloody Mary mythos, which includes mentions of murder, child murder, suicide, and self-harm, as well as some creepy ghost stories that are not for the weak of heart or superstitious. Let's get ready for another human exception. This is vintage.
1: This is vintage yeah, X.
2: Vintage.
3: What? If you write it down on pen and paper.
4: Oh, that would make a terrible podcast.
3: I <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> don't think that would work at all.
0: Not really. <laughs> I don't think Spotify accepts that as a file format.
4: <laughs> it's just it's just, just letters back and forth. <laughs> Yeah, it's not Old-timey a old tiny
2: correspondence.
4: Like back in the day like, when they used to like just write letters to each other arguing about shit, and then it became like oh yeah historical record.
2: <laughs> yeah. they're playing chess by letter. I'm like mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. no, oh, mm-hmm. how miserable. seems like a lot.
0: Yeah. So welcome back to the human exception. <laughs> We're not vintage. Not that <laughs> not not sure?
4: vintage. Cassette tapes. We, what if we did like cassette tape podcast, oh, oh my we god. We just mail the cassette tape around. How uh, cool would that be? Oh my god. Tape. I would totally do that.
0: <laughs> we all have to like record our own part in it and just <laughs> send it across the fucking continent. Oh,
4: I just, that's true. We're not in the same place. But like, uh, hypothetically, if we were, and then we just like <laughs> sent out a- an ass load of cassette tapes. That no one knows what they are anymore because it's 2022 and people are young. good <laughs> people are yeah. young. How yeah. dare they? How dare like they? Like when I introduced my brother to VHS and he didn't know you had to rewind it. So he just thought it was broken. <laughs> Incredible. it was just the static at the end of The Lion King. We had to tell him how to rewind.
1: Oh the- my god. Yeah. That's kind of
3: amazing. <laughs>
4: so Precious. I've never felt so old. I think I was maybe 16.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Good one. All right. Well, I guess we're here to talk about
0: ghosts and stuff. Spooky stuff. I think that was the general Ghost theme. <laughs> and
3: ghosts.
2: And yeah. Spooky stuff.
1: Spooky. Spooky stuff.
3: Does anyone want to go first? I mean. No. <laughs> I'm sure. always good for
2: that. I hate it for whatever,
4: those. please don't make me
2: Sally, <laughs> save me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always happy to do it unless Nathan wants
0: to go
1: yeah let's let's do this because this one it has uh me. some you know obvious like real world bullshit, and it's a little more uh. A little more sad, so let's get this (laughs) one out of the way. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Getting getting started with the real uh, (laughs) bum right here.
3: Getting started with the real real right here. Um, Oh. So, in our research, and in my
1: bumbling around trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to do for this episode... I somehow managed to happen upon an article that was, that professed to
3: explain the most haunted place in the world. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, in terms of what happened there, I could probably see
1: why people would think that. Uh, this little place...
3: Uh
4: uh just i'm just preemptively
0: panicking <laughs> corny doesn't the like horror stuff so this is going to be a great one for her
1: this is fine it's totally fine um
4: got my smudge stick we're fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> now this place is in uh italy uh in the venice lagoon okay so this place uh I believe it is pronounced, uh, Poveglia Island. Um, it is this tiny little triangle patch of land in the middle of the, uh, Venice Lagoon. It is almost directly south of, uh, of Venice. And let me send you guys a map. Um... You can see that there's like a little peninsula out there called Lido, Lido di Venezia, um, and then, um, a sort of a point um, at the end of it called uh, Lido Pelestrina. Um, now, back in the 14th century, uh, before then, even this tiny little island had a group of inhabitants that lived there. They weren't really associated with any of the nations at the time, Uh, but there was a, uh, a war between Venice and Rialto at the time. And eventually uh, the people that had lived there were given uh, refuge in Venice. So, years before, there was the there was a land dispute. Basically, a lot of people were dying, as happens, um, especially in the early days. So, uh, the island—it um, was actually back in the ninth century when
3: these people were basically under attack Um,
1: at this point they were kind of given they were given help they were allowed to keep the island basically once the war sort of died down in perpetuity so that nobody would be bothering them and trying to take their take their land uh in the 14th century skirmishes kind of came up again they were allowed uh, refuge in venice and eventually that island was taken away and used as a military uh depot of sorts so folks would come in and, and unload and uh do their exchanges or whatever they needed to do there uh nobody
3: ever went back and in the folks that used to live there,
1: basically, sort of integrated into uh, the Venetian lifestyle. So they, um, they raised their kids and basically just became part of the city. They never went back. It didn't. It was never, uh, and they never. Supposedly, they never tried. Uh, so this island remained dormant and unused for hundreds and hundreds of years, basically. Um, However, off and on, they did start using it for different things. Uh, When the bubonic plague first rolled around, they didn't really know what to do with people at the time. So, as any good government does, they decide
3: to round up all of the people and ship them off to an island. This island. Fun. Um,
0: now, were there still like natives living on this island or no?
1: No, it was okay. completely empty. So everyone that lived on the island previously um, had been evacuated from the island because of the, the war in the late 1300s, and were basically integrated into Venice by that point, by this point.
2: just an empty island. Ah, There's something spooky about that. Ah. Right?
1: Um, And here's why it gets spooky. Uh, (laughs) Because they sent people there to just fucking die.
3: Um, Cool. So they um so italy
1: um was hit by plagues over the centuries uh almost 70 times
0: 70 times
1: almost 70 times
0: i thought our pandemic was bad right Um, from when to when
1: between uh the fifteen hundreds to the mid nineties, basically. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow.
4: Oh, okay, so that's like oh that's like several hundred like four hundred years.
1: hmm
4: It's not unheard
3: of.
1: No. But this one island was their main quarantine area. They sent most As people here.
3: As you do. As you do. Hmm. Um so
1: these folks sent here they weren't given any uh any reason uh sorry they weren't really given it obviously they knew why they were being sent there because they were sick but they weren't sent with anything they weren't sent with any um you know any any way of trying to keep themselves healthy or um or any food or or anything like that basically they were just sent there to die because nobody knew how to help them out right um anyone who died there was um uh was thrown into basically uh a, a plague pit a death pit um at one point uh, there was a comment that was made that in some areas of the island, the because these bodies were obviously obviously had to be set fire. Uh, they wanted to like get rid of the remains. Uh, in some areas, their testings claim that the dirt was actually. 50% dirt and 50% human remains.
3: Fuck off. Whoa. Oh my god.
4: So many dead people.
1: So many dead people.
3: Oh. And like you don't in, in a lot of the time they
1: they would just like throw these people um just on a boat and away they go. And like some people, you know, had family members that were sick. The family members didn't get sick, but like maybe you got sick and now you're being tossed on a boat. Cause you got a symptom. Sorry. They thought that, uh, vampires had taken up residence on the Island at one point.
3: I mean, all right. All right.
1: <laughs> so what had happened was, Uh, because people were just being loaded into death pits. Um, And sometimes they had to reopen the death pits to put new bodies in there and then cover it up again. They would find people whose, you know, a recent body that was in there from a couple weeks ago had been decomposing. And what happens is when you decompose, uh, Probably gonna go through a content warning here because <laughs> uh real gross stuff. Um But when when the body is decomposing, there is gas buildup. Um and when there is gas buildup, organs rupture, and so blood was coming out from the mouths of these people. And so people who were digging up portions of these um pits. We're like, oh my God, these are fucking vampires. There are vampires here in in these pits. Oh my God. Because there was blood coming out of their mouths. But really it was just them decomposing.
0: Oh, that's awful. It was right? like a time where like doctors weren't allowed to study on human corpse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and this is also like the plague doctor situation, too, where people oh, are like, yeah. well, I'm just going to put potpourri yeah. in my fucking beak and I'll be safe.
4: It's essential oils, save <laughs> <laughs>
0: That sounds strangely familiar. <laughs> oh, that's Lord.
4: where, okay, so sidebar, you know, thieves oil is super popular among the oilies. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to have originated from the bubonic plague. The yep. plague, we're like, plague.
2: That's right. Yeah,
4: it's a bunch do of remember that. shit. It doesn't work. It's not a it's not a disinfectant. Use bleach. Don't be an idiot. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I got grumpy. Sorry.
3: <laughs> Use bleach. <laughs> don't sure. be an
4: idiot. I, I got I got triggered.
2: Use <laughs> bleach. Don't drink the bleach. <laughs> no,
4: don't drink the bleach. Don't ash chug bleach. It on <laughs> purposes it's what it's meant for.
1: So, over the years, um, obviously medical science had uh, somewhat advanced, they had opened up, um, and you can see that on the uh, the map snippet that
3: I sent you. Um, mm-hmm. they had opened up a hospital there, however. The again, whenever they were hit with the plague, it was too much for the
1: hospital to handle. So, people that they figured that they wouldn't be able to heal, that they couldn't help at the hospital, even years later, they would ship off to
3: this island, yes, and people would continue to die there. Oh. Um, so Again, the superstition basically became
1: that this island is haunted by all of the people who were infected by the plague and sent off to die. And over the years, uh, I believe they said it was about 150 to 160,000 people were no. sent to this island to wow. die. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Over 400 years, that's still a lot of fucking people for a tiny little
3: place. Yeah. Um, eventually, they
1: built a hospital on the island. Uh, however, it was a psychiatric hospital. This was in the, um, Right, here you go. Uh, Around 160,000 plague victims were buried or cremated on the island.
5: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, In 1922, the new residents of the island were psychiatric uh, patients admitted to the hospital there.
3: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. So... You have a regular hospital. I say regular, but you have a hospital um, just across the lagoon, and then you have a psychiatric hospital now on this island that you just send people to die on, or you have been for the last four hundred years. That that already sounds like a bad idea to me. Yeah. (sighs) Um,
2: Just a little.
1: Now, early nineteen
3: hundreds. Um medicine was a little weird, people were weird. There was
1: no there's no name given for this particular doctor. However, it was well known that there was a doctor there who was a fan of the the quote quote new medicines. Um and <laughs> uh, basically he figured that if you were a psychiatric patient, uh, maybe we can just give you a lobotomy or do some other experiment and we'll figure out, you know, how to fix you.
0: Oh, those fun times. Oh. Yeah.
4: Oh, that always drilling, well. Drilling holes in heads. Drilling holes. Oh, oh, oh. In the
0: ice pick. Oh, yep. yeah. Mm. And
1: a chisel mm. and whatever else.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh,
1: so this particular doctor um had done hundreds of experiments on these people nobody ever really um recorded his name as far as i understand uh but he was using people for his experiments to see if things would work and there wasn't a lot of progress with anesthetic back then so you got to think about like it's basically torture right oh yeah uh, so that this in in and of itself sort of also adds a little more credence to the uh, to the locals idea of you know this place is haunted like first you have 160,000 people who were sent there just to die then you have all of these other people who were part of the uh, the psychiatric hospital that are being experimented on? Uh, now the story goes that eventually this um, this director, this doctor, lost his mind um, and found himself uh, on the clock tower. Of the building, and in a fit of insanity or fear or whatever, um, ended up falling from the clock tower. And the rumor goes that the fog came in, and as it disappeared, his body was no longer there on the ground. Um, they feel like they said that the ghosts had come in. And basically taken his body away as punishment for everything that he had done to the patients in that hospital.
0: Oh wow. Ghost Justice, I'm here for it.
1: Yep. Uh so in in 68, um uh sorry, since 1968, nobody has lived on the island. Uh the psychiatric hospital is obviously shut down. Um Nobody goes there uh, at this point. Uh, it's it's technically illegal to go to the island.
3: Um, there are no tourism. Um, there's no like uh,
1: tours or or anything that go there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people in the area are super superstitious about it. Uh, and. While they will take you on a trip around the island, you are not allowed to step foot
3: on the island. Uh, And you can arrange to get on there
1: um, through the government, but it's a long process. Or you can pay like two or three hundred euros for a local to drop you off and come and get you later. but most people are, are... Look at the island and are like, nope, fuck that. I know the <laughs> stories. I'm not going.
0: Fair. Did they ever recover all the bodies? Or did they just leave them?
1: Uh, I think... Well, most... I feel like... Uh, a lot of those pits were burned, right? So oh. most of it is, is ash. Um... At one, some people claim that while they are they visited the island that they had been watched or they were being followed. Uh, some people step on the island and instantly feel like a deep sense of dread or sorrow. Um, at one point, the ghost adventurer guys went there and... They, uh, I didn't watch the episode, uh, I had <laughs> planned on it. Um, but apparently, they were scared shitless and have never gone
3: back. So, <laughs> oh. okay, then. Um, apparently, some people
1: who kind of get in or manage to make their way into the hospital see like random shadows that appear to follow them through the whole facility uh, some people claim to get scratched or pushed um, but basically everyone that goes to the island leaves with some sort of creepy story or some sort of weird trauma
4: okay yeah cool cool never going there
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that must <lost> be vacationless <laughs> yeah So that's what I've got for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, a little Mm -hmm. spooky. Too spoopy. (laughs) All right. Well, I can go next. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it.
0: it. So yeah, I'm gonna talk about Bloody Mary.
3: (laughs) Yes.
0: Oh shit! I forgot about that. <laughs>
4: oh, no. It's fine. Sorry. It's all fine. I'm just gonna die in my sleep. It's it's whatever.
1: Well, you're not the one calling for Bloody Mary. It's Kayla. So oh, right. don't
0: say any names three times. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> all what right. So yeah, t- the legend of Bloody Mary. It's a story that most of us know in North America. Or we think we know anyways. I thought I knew the myth but then i started looking into this and i realized that i just knew the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. and then found myself on a fascinating adventure around the world through the decades (laughs) so who is bloody mary so like if you grew up in north america you most likely had some version of bloody mary that you learned about as a child go into a bathroom or in front of a mirror say Buddy's Mary's name three or however many times, and you're supposed to then see her and then something happens. In some versions you get killed, some versions nothing happens, all sorts of stuff. So the question is then who is Bloody Mary? <laughs> so folklorists call Bloody Mary a, a toilet ghost. So it turns out that in the schoolyards all around the world, kids share these stories, nearly all made of the same elements. That it's a ritual done in front of a mirror, most frequently a bathroom mirror, and they summon a spectral, usually murderous woman. (laughs) This is all around the world, this story exists. So the details will do very drastically in some versions. The woman has no name or backstory. In others, there are elaborate and horrific origins. The most common figure known around the world is Bloody Mary. Um, but was she ever real? Folklorists have been debating this for decades, but let's go through the common suspects. The most well-known conclusion is the character is based off of Mary I of England, who was given the charming, nick- charming nickname of Bloody Mary. So yeah, Mary I of England, uh, she had a r- she was given a rough lot. Um, she was an unwanted child of Henry VIII and Catherine Aragon, who wound up in power for five short years. And as what happens to all women in power, she was constantly criticized for both being too severe and too weak. She could do nothing right. She was a woman, after all, in the 1550s. But not every judgment of her was made out of sexism. So, Mary was a Catholic, and you know who wasn't? Her dad, Henry VIII. And why was that? Well, he started as a Catholic until he decided he wanted to get a divorce because his wife allegedly couldn't give him any sons. And then the Pope. Did not would not have any of that, so he decided it's probably time for the church and state to separate and declared himself the supreme head of head on earth of the Church of England in 1534. So he became open to different Christian reforms, Protestant being one of his favorite flavors. So this guy just like said, "Oh, I can't get a divorce. I'm gonna make my own fucking religion." Bye. As you do. As you do. do. As you do. 19 years later, his daughter Mary would take the throne and would push to reinstate Catholicism, which was fine with some people, but the others she burned at the stake. It's heck estimated yeah, that around 300 religious centers were dealt with this way and thus entered the title of Bloody Mary. Which is like burning at the stake's not really that bloody. <laughs> but I mean, you need no. like beheaded people as well. No, so wow. this is the thing: is like a lot of these stories get smashed together into what, so to what people think is who Bloody Mary is. So the other Mary that people think it is is Mary Queen of Scots. And oh, that's so right. Mary took the throne at six days old, and she would later marry a man, only for him to die in an explosion two years later. The man suspected of murdering her husband then became her new husband, which was all hella suspicious. So Mary wound up imprisoned and her one-year-old became king. <laughs> she later would plot to kill her cousin, Queen Elizabeth I, who was also Bloody Mary's half-sister, and she'd go to trial for this and be executed. Yeah, so she'd go to trial and she ended end up getting executed. So while the Strange Series events doesn't really seem like a ghost that would hang around bathrooms to be summoned by children. Our next murderous contender is Elizabeth Bathory. So, was a 17th century Hungarian countess who, despite not being named Mary, definitely has the mythos to justify being associated with a murderous blood-soaked ghost. It is believed that Elizabeth tortured and killed around 650 girls and women bathing in their blood, and she was accused of vampirism. This is going to yes. be vampires all night, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mary Ruth is commonly cited as... origin of this story, but no one can agree on what that story is. In some versions, she's a woman who killed slaves who were escaping the American South via the Underground Railroad. In others, she was a witch that was convicted and killed in the Salem Witch Trials. Though Though the History of Massachusetts Organizations blog showcases an official list of all the accused witches, a Mary Worth isn't listed. However, there are 20 women named Mary on the list. So some stories just combine the two, that she was using the slaves that she caught to perform dark rituals. So some people just combine them and just say that, yeah, she was using the slaves to perform dark rituals, as you do. So, and eventually was caught and killed by the townspeople as a form of justice. And then lastly, well, that she was just a nameless iteration of a witch. A woman that died too young, a woman that had her face horribly scarred due to a horrific accident, a woman whose child died, in some cases, by her own hand. So some le- some legends even go as far to say that she is the Virgin Mary. Some say she's the devil's right. sister, daughter, or wife. In some stories, Mary isn't even based on an actual person, but is a manifestation that is manifested into existence by the belief in her and the practice of these rituals. Oh. Other names are Mary Worthington, Mary Lou, Bloody Bones, Hell Mary, Mary Wales, Mary Johnson, Mary Jane, Sally, Kathy. Agnes, Black Agnes, Eggie, Zvarte, Mary Moore, Black Molly, Bloody Molly, and Molly. (laughs) Alright. So, like, pick a lady's name. Pretty much. (laughs) So, yeah, the renditions are endless, and, you know, there's even some very different ones from Japan (laughs) that I found. So, while not directly related to Bloody Mary, these are toilet ghosts, and they're fucking weird, so (laughs) I was gonna share them. The first we're talking about is uh, in Japan there are a number of toilet ghosts, but probably the most famous is Hanako-san. In some stories Hanako-san protects children from other toilet ghosts, but in most versions she's malevol- malevol- malevolent and murderous. The basis of her story is that she died in a toilet stall. The cause of her death, on the other hand, is a lot less consistent. In some stories she's killed by an intruder, others a bombing raid during the war, some murdered by abusive parents, and lastly or by taking her own life. The general legend is that this occurred in a school on the third floor girls' washroom in the third stall, which school isn't clear as nearly all schools in Japan have some version of this legend in their their repertoire. Unlike Bloody Mary, summoning Hanako-san does not usually involve a mirror. One must simply knock on the door of the third toilet stall three times asking, Hanako-san, are you there? Hanako-san will then confirm her presence with the voice of a little girl. The door to the stall will open and the student investigates. And then, quote, the ghost of little Hanaku wearing a red skirt and her hair done up in an old style bun will pull her into the toilet and down to hell.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Like Bloody Mary, it's common for children to dare each other to perform this ritual, and Hanakasan san has become firmly embedded in pop culture and is featured in films, anime, video games, and comics in Japan. Fair, fair the story enough. supposedly also dates back to the 1950s. And oh, like. Really? Yeah, and like Bloody Mary, there are also many different versions. Quote, in the version my wife grew up with in elementary school, a girl who goes to the bathroom by herself will sometimes hear a voice asking her if she wants to be friends. If the poor kid is smart and tries to save her life by saying yes, Hanako's ghost will come up beneath her and drag her down through the toilet to hell. If the kid says no, Hanako will simply cut her to pieces. Damned if you do or damned if you don't.
4: Jesus, This is why we don't go by ourselves (laughs)
5: Oh my <laughs> this is why girls travel in packs. Um I've got she a piece of
0: <laughs> I've got a piece of art oh. here from this character it's super like kind of creepy um, so if you're disturbed by creepy art then you may not want to look at this
4: oh I don't like her at all I don't like those toilets either it's yeah well, terrifying. Fine. toilets. are that. fuck that fuck that toilet because you could fit down there <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's like open back stairs Fuck those stairs. Fuck those <laughs>
0: toilets. <laughs> so, another famous toilet ghost in Japan is called Akamanto. It's a male ghost that haunts public or school washrooms. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually perfect. women's or commonly... Uh, sorry, usually it's women's and commonly the last stall in these bathrooms. The spirit is said to wear a flowing red cloak and a mask which hides his face. and so, And sometimes he's described as being handsome or charming under this mask. According to legend, if a person is sitting on a toilet in a public or school bathroom, Akamantu may, p- may appear and will ask them if they want red paper or blue paper. If you choose red, they will be lacerated in such a manner that their dead body will be drenched in their own blood. And if the individual chooses blue, the consequences range from the person being strangled to all the person's blood being drained from their body. If
4: Start an- choices. <laughs> Japan. None of
0: them are good, like I don't know why people in Japan, I don't know why kids in Japan, some of these, because there's no, there's no like good option
4: <laughs> you
0: want to die or do you want to die? Yeah. So if an individual attempts to outsmart Akamonto by asking for a different color of paper, cloak, or cape, it is often said that they will be dragged to the underworld or hell as a result. Ignoring the spirit or replying that one does not want or prefer any kind of paper is said to make the spirit go away. So just be polite and say no and you'll be fine. Be, oh, you just say no? Yeah. No, I don't I'm want any. Not. I'm good. You okay. keep your you keep your colored paper. Good to
4: remember. This is why I'm terrified of toilets and going to the bathroom, I feel.
0: <laughs> and um, here's a piece of art of this guy. A lot less spooky looking. He looks like a fucking anime character.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I love the colored toilet paper. I guess I didn't realize it was toilet paper. I thought it was like Sticky notes?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I, I, I was thinking of something else too, but then I saw the toilet paper and I was like, oh, I guess maybe that's what they mean. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we have Kashima Riko, which is a young girl who is said to have died when her legs were severed by a train. Her legless torso oh. now haunts bathroom stalls. Asking unlucky oh. visitors, where are my legs? <laughs> oh my God.
4: Beautiful. Girl, I'm so glad we're doing this. <laughs> Reaching
1: under, reaching under the bathroom stall. Could no. you pass me a no. leg?
0: No. Nope. <laughs> so the, the correct response says, on Maishan Expressway, that if you say that, you could save your life. Otherwise, it's said that she will tear the person's legs off. Some of the versions of the story, she will appear one month after you, you learn this story. I don't, don't, don't want to go to Japan anymore.
4: <laughs> what was the name of the place again That or her legs are, just in case?
0: <laughs> Maishan Expressway. I should express my, I'll never remember uh, that. just gonna get gonna that no. tattooed on your arm or something. It's fine. Uh,
1: it was it's nice fine. knowing you, legs. Rip.
0: <laughs> so anyways, back to Bloody Mary. When did this all begin? The general consensus is that it practice began somewhere in the 1970s in the U.S., but leading up to that, there aren't many practices that are likely what evolved into what would become the Bloody Mary ritual. So since recorded history, people have had a, fa- a fascination with reflective surfaces. Divination rituals using bodies of water were common and frequently involved spirits of some kind. Back in ancient Rome, back in ancient Rome, peace- priests that used catamancy were very common, which is the practice of using divination with a mirror. Pausanias, an ancient Greek traveler, describes it as the follow describes the following: Before the temple of Ceres at Patras there was a mountain, or sorry there was a fountain, separated from the temple by a wall. There was an oracle, very truthful, not for all events, but for the sick only. The sick person let down a mirror, suspended by a thread, till it, until its base touched the surface of the water. Having first prayed to the goddess and offering incense, then looking into the mirror, he saw the, pas- the, pr- the the presage of death or recovery, according as the face appeared fresh and healthy, or if it was it appeared a ghastly in aspect. So, yeah, whether you'll die or not, take this mirror... <laughs> Pray cool. to pray to whatever God and touch it to the water and see what you see. I mean
4: it's pretty <laughs> probably more accurate than whatever doctors were telling them. <laughs> <Probably>
0: true. <laughs> so as time when so as time went on, uh, active divina- divina- divination became less of a thing, but mirrors were still heavily associated with spirits. Back in the times before funeral homes, when someone died, the family would clean the bodies, dress them, and have them laid out in the parlor frequently for days so that loved ones could come and pay their respects. It was common for mirrors in the house to be covered during this time. It is believed that if the dearly departed caught a glimpse of themselves in the mirror, this ghost would remain in the house because the mirror would trap his spirit. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. Mm. So. Like. <laughs> well, divination becomes relegated to fortune tellers and insular groups of cultures with strong spiritual ties, young people have always been fascinated with the idea of telling their futures. I know me and my friends love to make those paper fortune tellers to try and answer the burning question of who we'd marry and how many kids we'd have. I don't know if you guys ever did that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Booty> catchers. <laughs> yeah.
5: Love me, a good
0: kitty cat <laughs> So, but before that, young women had a different way to find out who they would marry. A woman wa- would walk up a flight of stairs backwards, holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. As they gazed oh. into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. There was, however, a chance that they would see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper, instead, indicating that they were going to die before they had a chance to marry. Yeah, by falling
4: um, down the goddamn that...
1: stairs. <laughs> right?
2: Y- yeah. But also, if I mean, if you see the Grim Reaper, I would just assume that's the husband, and you're like, well, guess I'm Persephone. Bye. I mean, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> it's over for you bitches. Exactly. So, how long that is practiced? The well, husband's hard- going to fuck you up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. I just keep thinking, I've been watching a lot of like period dramas. I just keep thinking of all of like the Jane Austen esque. Like, pettiness. Just beautiful. Give it
0: to me. That's great. So how long is this practice? It's hard to say. It's not like teen girls were telling anyone outside of their close friends their romantic fantasies. But we do know that a similar ritual is mentioned in a Robert Burns poem written in the 1700s. It says, take a candle and go alone to a looking glass. Eat an apple before it, and and then in some traditions you should comb your hair at... uh, comb your hair all the time and then you'll see over your shoulder the face of the person you'll marry So, since the 1700s
4: it's very like snow white with the apple and a magic mirror
0: yeah also very harry potter oh definitely (laughs) uh the connection of ritual uh, ritual mirrors with a focus on marriage has made some psychoanalysts wonder if Bloody Mary has simply evolved as a homophone for Mary, as in marriage. Hmm. Others speculate that the bathroom ghost represents an, an updating of the, the traditional supernatural motif of hauntings taking place near bodies of water. In this case, plumbing instead of a river or lake. So today, since the first records of Bloody Mary like ritual since the first records of Bloody Mary like rituals fifty years ago, the practice has largely remained unchanged, outside of the variations within the mythos. There are three parts to these practices. There's the setting, the ritual, and the result. So the setting, most versions have the ritual performed in the dark, though sometimes accompanied by one or more candles. This is frequently a group activity, but also can be done as a solo activity, wherein friends challenge one person to go into the bathroom alone and perform the ritual. Girls are the most frequent practitioners, but boys have been known to get involved as well, especially as challenges to their masculinity. Amazing. (laughs) So the ritual. The ritual almost always includes the repetition of a name or phrase. The number of times varies, but three and thirteen are very common. In some, the practitioner must spin around a certain number of times. In some versions the chant references the ghost's baby often in these stories the origins of the ghost being tied to the child one example is bloody mary i killed your baby (laughs) okay yeah and in group settings either one person says the phrase or everyone does as a group chant so the results. So this is where things can become most different. In near all versions, the apparition will appear after the ritual is completed. The appearance of this, woman, this spirit is a woman whose age varies on the telling. Frequently, she will be wearing a white dress. It seems 50-50 as to whether or not this woman will appear covered in blood a la Carrie or not. In many iterations, the woman will violently attack the summoner either to the point of death or serious injury. In some, she will scratch out your eyes. In some her appearance alone is enough to strike the summoner dead or insane. Sometimes she will grab the summoner and drag her back into the mirror to live with her. In some she will appear and stare malevolently out through the mirror and nothing happens, but in other stories seeing her brings bad luck, and, but in others she brings happiness. In some versions nothing happens right after the ritual and sometimes the consequences come later. In some versions you wake up the next day covered in bloody scratches. And some, it's your own face that changes. Some, you were missing your eyes. Most, you're covered in blood. And one particular interesting one, you will see yourself upside down and face covered in blood every time you look in a mirror, and Bloody Mary will appear until you become her.
2: Yep, yep. That one, I feel like that one I'm most familiar with next to the whole, go into the bathroom and see if you can sup at Bloody Mary.
0: You know, <laughs> Bloody Mary and the Candyman.
2: Candyman, yep. I was yeah. just thinking that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the one I remember is that you'll see your face covered in blood. But it's, yeah, it's interesting okay. there's so many different versions. Yeah. That like people even in the same small communities can have completely different versions. So where does this come from? Bloody Mary is largely thought to have originated in America, but turns out children have been summoning ghostly women in bathrooms all over the world. In 2006, a man named Mark Armitage wrote a, par- a paper. In the early 90s, he had been an independent children's play consultant and an advisor and would visit schools across England to observe and make observation- make recommendations to the schools on how to improve the play environment. This is a quote from his paper. One of the children helping me pointed to a part of the school building and told me the story of a character said to live there. At the time, the story seemed insignificant. I made note of it and took the the conversation no further. Six weeks later, the same character appeared during a play audit at a primary school in a different part of the country. Here, the story was almost word for word the same one that I had been told in the first school. And intriguingly, the central character of the story was also said to occupy the same part of of the school building. So he made a point to start asking children about this character at his next six play audits. The character was mentioned in four out of the six, and in all four cases, the story was very similar and the location within each school was the same. A study group was made out of around 120 primary schools, and 65% of them had stories, had a similar toilet ghost story. And interestingly, very few of the adults working in these institutions had any idea that there was an alleged ghost in in the area. It doesn't seem to matter whether the school is urban or rural wealthy or disadvantaged small or big or even those run by the state versus those run by the church the prevalence of these stories was the same across the board which i find really interesting yeah wow now most schools refer to the character as the white lady two refer to it as her as the green lady and two refer to her as the gray lady in only one school was the ghost male but an interesting the ghost was called the vaker and while he did not fit the framework of the White Lady, he didn't. He did allegedly have a daughter called the White Lady, and that character did align with the
1: stories.
0: Oh, huh. So in the 70s, a study was performed on a hundred houses in England that had priest holes, or had had them then, or used to. Priest holes are hiding places that were built into houses in the Elizabethan period to hide materials and sometimes Catholic priests who were secretly delivering mass, which was illegal at the time. Many of these houses had a local ghost legend, and more than half of them were about a white lady, which was surprising as you would expect it'd be about a priest or a monk or something. (laughs) Some of these stories have existed for decades. Armitage was told of a story by a British child psychologist about her own daughter from 1957. She came across her daughter praying in the bathroom, There was no mirror, but when asked if she was okay, the daughter burst into tears and told her mother about the green lady that was at school. And she said she could sometimes be seen peeping out from a cupboard during the assembly and that she had never seen her, but lots of other people had, so she must be real. In 1984, at the same primary school in Nottingham, Nottingham, a head teacher on her first day is warned by a child to not go to a specific bathroom stall, as there was a woman there. In 1996... Armitage visited the same school and finds that the Green Lady is still a hot topic among children, and when asked where she could be found, the children all pointed the same stall that they had in 1984. These legends just live on. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
0: so to put this into context, this is similar to saying a story has survived and remained consistent for around six generations of children attending this school. This school. Wow. Dang. That's intense. Right? So the ritual usually involves chanting of a phrase, but not all versions included a mirror, and not all bathrooms had a mirror. In some versions, the turning of taps in a specific sequence or knocking on a particular stall with a set number of knocks was common. The toilet ghost didn't always appear in the mirror. In some versions, she emerged from a toilet stall or even out of thin air. Sometimes she didn't even appear in the bathroom at all. In one case, the ritual was performed in the bathroom, but the ghost actually appears in a small area of trees outside the school grounds and then would float toward the school and enter the toilet to confront who called her. And this is a quote from a girl from 1997 when she was asked about if she knew anything about the story, she says, you stand in front of a mirror and say a rhyme, and then she couldn't remember what the rhyme was, and she said, then you flush a toilet and a headless lady comes out. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) The rhymes used most frequently were all of the same vein. White lady, white lady, we've killed your white baby. (laughs) White lady, white lady, we killed your black baby.
4: Okay. (laughs) White lady, white lady...
0: What have you done with your white baby?
4: Oh.
0: <laughs> what? I don't know what the obsession Advise, with babies is. guys.
4: Just bad vibes <laughs> all
0: around. Don't. Don't. So interestingly, only four of the schools in the study had an origin for the ghost. But all four said it was from a fall or a jump from a high roof building or tower, not always on school grounds. When we look at the 1973 study of the priestal houses, only five stories had a cause of death. One was murder, and the rest were due to a fall or jump from a high place. In earlier versions of the tale, the ghost was generally more benign, being able to tell the future or answer questions when asked of her. But Armitage's research nearly all stories resulted in the ghost doing something more malevolent, and in some cases, if the summoner fled the bathroom quick enough, they could escape her wrath. It's interesting to note that studies were performed on assessing what children's greatest fears are throughout the decades, and it was only during times or in countries where war wasn't a big threat that the fear of supernatural entities was the most prevalent. This trend could be why the stories of Toilet ghosts evolved and became more violent over the years, because there weren't wars anymore.
2: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. 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 Huh. The earliest published Mary Wales story collected by Janet Leung occurred in 1972 in Indianapolis, from children at a Catholic elementary school. There are a lot of similarities to the Toilet Ghost stories, but it also tied in elements of the Hitchhiking Ghost and the Weeping Women stories. It's likely that these may have all had very similar roots that then diverged over time with the introduction of new elements. So in the United States, you go to any county, and there will be at least one origin story for a Bloody Mary figure that happened in that very county. The village of Wadsworth, Illinois is one of the many. Here the figure is Mary Worth. According to Lake County's Ghostland Society, Mary had lived there in the 1860s and there was an access point to the Underground Railroad. Story is that Mary captured slaves under false pretenses and would sell them back to the South. Some rumors say that she also practiced magic and tortured and killed her slaves for rituals. Eventually the town turned against her and lynched her on her own property. According to Chicago Haunts Ghost Lore of the Windy City, in, in the 1960s, Lake County residents sorry, in the 1960s, a Lake County resident in her 90s claimed that she had actually watched Mary Worth burn at the stake. Mary was allegedly burned on her, buried on her own property, and a century later, a house was built nearby, and the construction workers found a stone and removed it and placed it as, as part of the path to the house. Legend goes that that had been her grave marker, and strange things would start happening on the property. Tipper, typical poltergeist-esque behavior, stuff flying off shelves, weird noises. The house is even said to have burned down twice. Hmm. And this kind of like lines up with what Hallie is saying, because like, where she grew up there was... Uh, you said that there was there's was, there's was a rumor that bloody mary was buried there
2: there yeah it was always like oh yeah because there, some of the some of the cemeteries kind of around town did go back to i want to say you know the around like the civil war era there were a few revolutionary war graves um so there was always this thing of like, oh yeah, if you go out to, and I don't remember the location because of course it changed based <laughs> <It makes laughs> on who you talked to, but yeah, sometimes we go out there, there was one spot like outside of town, kind of south of town that it was mostly like where kids went to go, you know, drive trucks around because this was in the middle of nowhere, like go mud and and then drink a lot of beer that they stole <laughs> from their parents um but supposedly if you went out there on halloween you could try to revive her you know or whatever <laughs> it's pretty great
4: why would you want to do that though that's the thing i never got like maybe i was just an overly cautious child but i was like why do you want to summon something that might kill you or why are we trying to bring in these things that could possibly be dangerous This seems like yeah. around bad
0: ideas
2: like a super not good time yep yeah
0: Alright, so in Russia, we actually see something different. In the 70s existed a different figure of notoriety known as the Queen of Spades. The name seems to originally be taken from a story written in the 1800s. Unlike Mary, the Queen of Spades was a lot more benevolent and would tell the future or grant wishes. The earliest rituals described using a deck of cards to summon her, but would move on to use a mirror in the 80s. As the ritual changed, as did the outcomes, changing from a boon to a curse. The ritual can be done as a group or as an individual is done in a dark room with one lit candle the first step is to draw a door or stair a door and a staircase on a mirror with red lipstick then the summoner must say her name three times and then say their wish out loud if done in a group the candle can then be passed on to the next person and they too can say their wish so on and so forth once you make your wish the queen of spades can be heard saying i will take you all with me if you listen close enough but you don't necessarily have to hear it in order to have had a successful summoning the next morning, you will notice a lock of your hair has been ta- taken, like you've had a small part cut off. It doesn't have to be an excessive amount, but in order for the queen of, queen of Spades magic to work, she needs something from each player. Hair is her price, as she's said to have been bald. Over the next week or so, you're, the, yeah, over the next week, those that made wishes will feel like they're having the best luck, but their wish will begin to twist. For example, if you wish for a million dollars, it might come to you because your parents died in a car crash and you receive insurance money your wish will uh-huh. not come to you simply it will be granted in the worst way possible so very monkey's paw yeah Beach. this sounds more like the bloody
4: mary that i grew up with
0: yeah yeah you like, yeah I was, t- I was talking to you but yeah you said there's nothing about a wish a oh, wish and i'd never heard yeah. that before
4: i think but also because i grew up in alaska and we have a lot of russian influence
0: that could Maybe. be it yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Got
4: conflated. as time went on or like like i don't know i don't know sure it's just a theory but yeah that definitely sounds more like my my what we did as kids
0: that's interesting so this ritual is irreversible you cannot undo the queen of spades summoning once you've started the process there's nothing you can do or say to her that'll make you leave you alone Bloody Mary first starts penetrating the Russian culture in the 90s, and the lore shifts to include Bloody Mary as the younger sister to the Queen of Spades. While their legends seem to synergize, even homo- homogenize, they are still considered separate entities today. That is so interesting. Right? <laughs> like, it's like It's just so crazy that everywhere has these stories.
2: I'm, yeah, yeah and, and you even said the thing about the Queen of Spades with the whole, like, red lipstick we used to have a thing that we would do we would scare the snot out of each other like me and my brother and a whole bunch of like the neighborhood kids would come over and we would joke that if you whoever fell asleep last you didn't look out the window because she would show up and scratch at the glass and then leave oh god oh my god i know right that's That's terrifying
4: That's, that's also terrifying. like that's also like a new world thing where like you don't like in the Appalachia and a lot of um, First Nations like you don't look outside at night because yeah. you can invite spirits in or attract them to you or see shit you shouldn't be.
0: Yeesh. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, the, the Czech Republic. Historically, it was not uncommon for children to summon ghosts, but ghosts were usually historical figures there. In the 80s, one was a Czech writer, Bozena Nemkova. There is this idea of ethic inversion, that the ghosts of people that were good in real life become evil as ghosts. So while Bozena is famous for her prose, with no real history of violence or malicious behavior, she becomes a demon in legend.
2: Oh wow.
0: Her life story is changed to one where her children were killed, and that's why she hates children and wants to kill them. Other p- other other popular Czech figures includes the founder of the Czech Boy Scout movement and the first president of Czechoslovakia, which is just bizarre. That like yeah, if you're a really good person, your ghost come back as like a horrible thing. Yeesh. So it's natural that when bloody Mary esque legends began to cross into the country, that these ideas merge. In the Czech Republic we see a lot of similarities with other stories, but there are some versions where Kravi Mary, as she's called, was a cannibal, and that by summoning her she will try to eat you.
2: Okay. Nope.
0: Some Czech iterations say that she can only be called on certain days. Some say water must drip onto a mirror for the summer, needs, or the summer needs to hold a knife. Some stories say you must attempt to summon Bloody Mary whenever you pass the mirror in the dark. And then just some small stories from around the world. Um, stories about the White Lady as Toilet Ghost have been recorded in the United States, Canada, Sweden, Holland, France, Australia, Japan, and Thailand. In 1999, a study of hundred similar stories across the world, the name Bloody Mary or some version of the name Mary was the most prominent. Sometimes the character was Bloody Molly or Molly. In Sweden, a similar study was run, and they too found that stories seemed to all originate in the 1970s, commonly known as Varta Madam, which is Black Madam. Her legend, rituals, and results fit the White Lady framework. Swedish researchers do believe the stories originated in America. There are other names for that that character is bloody black madam, white madam, dirty madam, and creepy madam. Love it. Wow. Creepy madam forever. <laughs> <laughs> in Holland she is known as DeWitt Dame, and in France, La Dame Blanche, so just white lady. In Spain, the ghost that is invoked is named Veronica. <laughs> Love that. Gotta hit
4: on some Veronicas. We need some new <laughs> names
0: in Germany they also have uh, both the Bloody Mary and the I'm going to butcher this German Helige Blutige Maria which is basically Holy Bloody Mary is what it is in German Oh wow! and then in Bulgaria where it has survived it is known to its locals as Damapika which is a very similar story to what we see at the Queen of Spades from Russia and then I just got a couple fun accounts that I found I found like in Indiana, there was a university to study for like the last couple decades, recording people's versions of the story. So I thought this was really interesting. So that is here, really cool, right? And it's just like these are all done in the same county, and they're all so different. Oh wow! So here's the first one. Here's how I always heard the story. You go into a room with a mirror, turn all the lights off. This works well in a bathroom. You begin in a whisper to chant "Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary," and as you continue to chant, your voice should grow louder and louder. Sorry, the cat's tearing around the house. Your voice should go louder and louder into a near scream. While you are chanting, you should be spinning around at a medium rate and taking a glimpse into the mirror at each pass. Near the 13th repetition of the words, she should appear. And then the person's like, I don't know what happens.
5: <laughs>
0: In Marshalltown, Iowa, fall of 1970, this is a sort of magical tale that has been passed down around and it's our favorite thing to do at a party, especially a drinking party. Anyway, heard about it when I was going to Marshalltown Community College from a girl who heard it from another girl in another college. The story was that of, of Mary Worth, who had been burned at the stake back when they were having witch trials. Anyways, it said that you go into a darkened room by yourself with a single candle, and if you stare into the mirror and repeat, I believe in Mary Worth 13 times, that you will see her reflection in the mirror. Several people tried this and most got scared. Some people, some claim to have seen something, but I think the reason was, well, there was, it was a drinking party and a lot of people were drunk. <laughs> and this one is from 1993 Uh, there was this young girl close to 14 who was raised by strict parents she began spending lots of time with her boyfriend and eventually got pregnant she was scared of her parents so she hid the pregnancy her parents just figured she was putting on a little weight finally she had the baby and she was so scared of what her parents would think she threw the baby down a well her parents noticed something different about Mary and pressured her to tell them the truth when she did, they exploded. They could not believe that she could do such a thing. Mary already was having trouble dealing with the fact what she did and could not take it anymore, and so she went upstairs and took her own life. When her father found her, he snapped, he grabbed their shotgun, shot his wife, and then himself.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: And the claim is, if you go into the house and you go upstairs to Mary's mirror and say her name three times, you will hear you will hear her looking for her baby. She wanders around the house trying to find it.
2: Oh, that's horrible.
0: Right? Some of these are like really dark. So this is the oldest one that I found. It was from 1968. So Mary Worth was a, ri- was a witch. She killed her husband by stabbing him 20 times. And then she killed 20 people for 20 days. All 20 people were 20 years of age. Then she killed herself by stabbing herself 20 times. If you say, I believe in Mary Worth 20 times in front of a mirror, you are supposed to be able to see her. So 1968.
3: Wow. That is way (laughs)
2: different. Oh my god!
0: Oh my god! Of course, there are stories where people say, "Oh, I know. I heard a friend, like a friend of mine, did it, and they got bad hurt." Or like, I know friend of a friend did it and they got hurt like in one case here like someone's like oh I don't believe in this and they like went to like walk out of the room tripped on the door on the like door jam and like fractured their hip or something like all sorts yeah. of stuff like that yikes so they'll... especially in
4: like the pre-internet days we always heard like it was always someone's cousin or something exactly
0: yeah <laughs> so if there's so many people that do claim to see something w- why like, are people actually seeing something? And the answer is yes. <laughs> so, in 2010, an Italian psychologist, Giovanni Caputo, did a study in which people were asked to enter a dimly lit room and look at their reflection in the mirror for 10 minutes. Afterwards, they were asked to report what they saw. Of the 50 test subjects, 66% reported seeing huge def- deformations of their face, and 48% also saw fantastical and monstrous beings. Otherwise, described seeing their- the others described themselves seeing their face as of that of a parent or someone who was deceased, the face of an animal or the face of an old woman or child. He calls this the strange face illusion. It is believed to be a consequence of a dissociative identity effect which allow, which causes the brain's facial recognition system to misfire in a currently unidentified way. Hmm. So yeah, like 50 people all saw, like 60% of them saw something by just staring at oh. a mirror for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Stare, stare I... back too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another theory is apophenia, which is a tendency to perceive meaningful meaningful connections between unrelated things. Apophenia, apophenia also has been used to, con- to describe the human propensity to unreasonably seek patterns and in random information which can occur in such things as like gambling. There is a subsect of it called peridola, uh, it's a common example is the perception of a face within an inanimate object. The headlights of the grill of an automobile appear to be grinning. People around the world see the man in the moon. People sometimes see the face of a religious figure in a piece of toast and, or a grain of wood. Or like in the bathroom tile when you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. So although there's no confirmed reason as to why this occurs, there are, two res- there are two respective theories. One is pattern recognition. So it's a cognitive process that involves retrieving information from long-term, short-term, and working memory and matching it with information from the stimuli, and then evolution. One of the explanations put forth by evolutionary psychologists for Ap- apophenia is that it's not a flaw of the cognition of the human brain, it's rather something that has come around through years of need. The study of this topic is referred to as error management theory. So it's like our brains just like trying to protect ourselves, and like there's 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 a threat here. That's why we get freaked out and see something And the last Hmm. one is Troxler's fading. So Troxler's fading or Troxler effect is an optical illusion affecting visual perception When one fixates on a particular point for even a short period of time An unchanging stimulus away from that fixation point will fade away or disappear Research suggests that at least some portion of the perceptual phenomena associated with Troxler's fading occurs in the brain So I actually have an image here That we can do this on. So, yeah, like. Oh, no. (laughs) Just look at the mirror, the the image, and focus on the cross in the center. Eventually, the colors should disappear. I don't like it.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, it's freaky.
0: Right? (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons that people could see. But the ultimate question is then why have these stories endured? Some analysts like to say that Bloody Mary legend is a representation of female angst around their coming of age. That the blood is a symbol of menstruation. The whole thing sounds like a very Freudian stretch to me. Though th- there are some explanations that I do find that make more sense.
4: I was going to say that that whole like, oh, it's, it's girls being frustrated and having their periods. It's very like mansplaining shitty Right. <laughs>
0: it's like I definitely <laughs> was, was not deal. thinking about my period when I learned about this as a kid. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah. So, Gail DeVos offers the following explanation. So, why do children continue to summon Bloody Mary, flirting with danger and possible tragedy? The ages between 9 and 12 are labeled the Robinson Age by psychologists. This is the important period when children need to satisfy their craving for excitement by participating in ritual games and playing in the dark. They are constantly looking for a safe way to extract pleasure and release anxiety and fears. And another quote here is, this is perhaps the most important function of the Toilet Ghost stories in children's development. It means that they are actively challenging and conquering their fears. Right. So yeah, there you have it. That's Bloody Mary.
4: Or being overly cautious and yelling at everyone when they go into the... One of the <laughs> <Yeah. guys.
2: laughs>
1: don't go alone. Take a friend. What are you doing? Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I Stop! Exactly. Don't say that! <laughs>
0: it was me i was that child (laughs) yeah my brother and i um we did it once in the bathroom when we were kids and i i thought i saw something and it freaked me out and never did it again (laughs) i was like nope nope i'm good i don't need that (laughs) yeah you're
2: like nah i don't need any of this
0: thanks i think the closest
4: i ever came to doing this would be Using Axe Body Spray to draw pentagrams on a mirror in the bathroom and then lighting them on fire. Oh my god. But I which is objectively more dangerous than calling for a ghost in the dark, but felt less dangerous because That's, I know how to put out a fire. I don't know how to deal with ghosts. Oh
5: my god.
0: I love that. That's Amazing. kind of
5: hilarious.
4: Amazing. So good. <laughs> Also, Mama, if you heard that, no, you didn't.
0: (laughs) That's it for this week. Next week, Hallie tells us about the ghost towns of the Upper Peninsula, and Courtney tells us some of her own spectral and unexplained encounters. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Human Exception. Have a story you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, or just want to say hi, you can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And to get in on the fun, come join us on our Discord server. link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend.